0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the month of October. Here we are on the first day of October in our Lord's year 2022. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor, David Pinkerton, and I am glad that you're tuned in today. You're listening to us regionally on the radio dial of 103.9 FM, or you're listening across the internet, at www.wxanradio.com. And when the page opens up, you're clicking on Listen Live. Anyhow, wherever you're listening from or how you're listening to us, we're just thankful you're listening to us. Get a hold of your friends now. Text them, email them. Let them know that the—give them a phone call. Let them know the Good Tidings Radio broadcast is on. And for the next few minutes, as a Christian, we want to exhort you and so much more— as we see the day approaching of Jesus' return via the rapture. And if you're not saved, that you'll learn how to trust Christ today and be born again by the Spirit of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I am glad that you're tuned in today. Wow, what a beautiful week of weather it's been. It's fall. Uh, The leaves are starting to change a little bit. The harvest of the fields are coming out. And it is just a beautiful time of the season The weather's cooling down a little bit. It's really um, nice coffee drinking or cappuccino drinking weather of a morning and, and just a fun time to sit back and look at what God has done for the earth. You know, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. So we're grateful to the Lord that we're here on an October the 1st and glad that you're tuned in as well. Now, I want to make a quick announcement to you. Okay, I am preaching, folks, at the J City Church. J City Church, Johnston City, Illinois. We are glad to be there with the good folks there, and I promise you, if you are looking for a church, just wanting to come and visit, just come and worship with us, it's the home. It's Southern Illinois' home of old-time Christianity without apology. We could use the term loosely, old Southern Illinois' home of old-time religion, without apology. It just means we teach and preach the Bible unashamedly, unapologetically. We exalt Jesus Christ, and we preach every doctrine that's in the Scriptures. We preach it, folks, just the way God laid it out. We do that for His glory and honor, and so that He can change us and conform us into the image of Jesus Christ, His dear Son. And the Word of God will do that to us if we'll let it. All right, so today I want to deal with, uh, before I get into that, let me get back to this. Come, to, Folks, I want to invite you. Jay City Church, Johnston City, Illinois. Quick reminder, Saturday evening, every Saturday evening, 5.30, we feed the community from 5.30 to 6.00. If you drive up to the J City Church, uh, we'll bring out food to you. I'm telling you, nutritious, well-planned meals by state-certified cooks. It's fantastic. We'll be glad to contribute and, and be a blessing to you. Let anybody know. Now, again, that's every Saturday evening, 530 to 6, our community food, okay? Community feed. You're welcome to participate. Just come on up to the church. Also, Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school at 930 and church at 1030. Folks, if you're looking for a warm welcome, you'll get it at the J City Church. Come and be with us. If you can't be with us in person, just watch us online, live stream on Sunday mornings at 1030, jcitychurch.com at 1030 and we'll go till about 1130 before we go offline. All right. So tune in with us. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, Jay City Church, uh, Johnson City, Illinois, a friendly, warm environment where Jesus Christ is worshiped in spirit and in truth, exalted, preached and taught and glorified. We'd love to have you come be with us. All right. I want to deal with the subject this morning that is con- very controversial. Unfortunately, shouldn't be, but it is and I want to see if I can straighten it out biblically, okay? I want to deal with this false doctrine of Calvinism. If you, if you have been around Christianity very long, you've no doubt heard of the various uh, references to Calvinism. Horrible doctrine. Horrible doctrine. Not, uh, unscriptural doctrine. And if you take issue with what I'm saying, feel free to write me at drdave Three at gmail.com drdave13 at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to correspond with you. So open your Bibles today. I want to share with you this simple topic when it comes to the topic of Calvinism, and it's this, why I disagree, why I disagree with all five points of Calvinism. And I think if you're a Bible student and you're open to what the Bible says, you'll have to agree with these points. Not because I said them, but because the Bible is interpreted the way it is. It's correct. It's rightly divided. And in Calvinism, it's not rightly divided. It is not interpreted correctly. And it is confusing people, sending people to hell, clouding the way of salvation, and stopping people from trying to win souls to Jesus Christ. Calvinism is a false doctrine. So, Why I disagree with all five points of Calvinism by way of introduction. The term Calvinism is loosely used by some people who do not hold Calvin's teachings on predestination and do not understand exactly what Calvin taught. Dr. Lorraine Botner, in his book entitled The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination, here's what he says, and I quote, The Calvinistic system especially emphasizes five distinct doctrines. These are technically known as the five points of Calvinism, and they are the main pillars upon which the superstructure rests, end of quote. Now, I've heard preachers say this, I'm a one-point Calvinist. I've heard others say I'm a two-point Calvinist or a three-point Calvinist. Well, I want to take a look, as time will permit, at as many as all five points of Calvinism as taught by John Calvin, and then see what the Bible has to say about each point. So, number one, the first point. Of Calvinism that I disagree with number one is total inability by total inability Calvin meant that a lost sinner cannot come to Jesus Christ and trust him as Savior unless he was foreordained to come to Christ by total inability he meant that no man has the ability to come to Jesus Christ and unless God overpowers him and gives him that ability that he will never come to christ well the bible teaches total depravity and i believe in total depravity but that simply means that there is nothing good in a man to earn or deserve salvation the bible says in jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked a preacher brought a wonderful sermon on the depravity of the human heart and when he finished his message someone came to him and said I want you to know that I can't swallow that depraved heart that you preached about. Well, the preacher smiled and said, You don't have to swallow it. It's already in you. While the Bible teaches the depravity of the human race, it nowhere teaches total inability. The Bible never hints that people are lost because they have no ability to come to Christ. The language of Jesus was this. He said, Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. John chapter 5 and verse 40. Notice, it's not a matter of whether or not you can come to Christ. It's a matter of whether or not you will come to Christ. Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept, and he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Here again, notice, he did not say, how often would I have gathered you together, but you could not. Nope. He said, ye would not. In other words, it's on you. It was not a matter of whether they could, it was a matter of whether they would. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, the very last invitation in the Bible says, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely whosoever will if it's true that no person has the ability to come to Christ then why would Jesus say in John 5:40 ye will not come to me why didn't he just simply say you cannot come to me well the only thing that stands between the sinner and salvation is the sinner's will God made every man a free moral agent, and God never burglarizes the human will, ever. D.L. Moody addressed a large group of skeptics. He said, I want to talk to you about the word believe, the word receive, and the word take. When Mr. Moody had finished his sermon, he asked, now, who will come and take Christ the Savior? One man stood and said, I can't. Mr. Moody wept and said, don't say I can't, say I won't. And the man said, then I won't. But another man said, I will. Then another said, I will. And another said, I will. Until scores came to trust Christ as Savior. Some Calvinists use John chapter 6 and verse 44 in an effort to prove total inability. Here the Bible says, no man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. But the Bible makes it plain in John chapter 12 and verse 32 that Christ will draw all men unto himself. Here the Bible says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, that's Jesus speaking, will draw all men unto me. All men are drawn to Christ, but not all men will trust Christ as Savior. Every man will make his own decision to trust Christ or to reject him. The Bible makes it clear that all men have light. John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Romans chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 says, Every sinner has been called through the creation about him. Romans chapter 2 verses 11 through 16 indicates that sinners are called through their conscience, even when they have not heard the word of God. They know they have light. In other words, they have knowledge. God gave them that knowledge. It's internal. It is in their conscience as well. So in the final analysis, human beings, mankind, womankind go to hell, not because they have total inability to come to Christ, but because they will not come to Christ. Ye will not come to me that you might have life, Jesus said. So the teaching that men and women and children are totally unable to come to Christ and trust him as Savior is not, I said not, a scriptural doctrine. The language itself is not even scriptural. So the second pillar that the false doctrine of Calvinism is built upon, number one, total inability, number two, unconditional election. By unconditional election, Calvin meant that some are elected to heaven while others are elected to hell, and that this election is unconditional, that it is wholly on God's part and without condition. By unconditional election, Calvin meant that God has already decided who will be saved and who will be lost, and the individual has nothing to do about it. He can only hope that God has elected him for heaven. And not for hell. This teaching, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me closely. Listen to Pastor David closely. This teaching is so obviously disagrees. It is so anti-scriptural. This teaching so obviously disagrees with the often repeated invitations in the Bible to sinners to come to Christ and to be saved. That some listeners today will probably think that I've overstated the doctrine. So I want to quote John Calvin. In his Institutes, Book 3, Chapter 23. This is quoting John Calvin in his false doctrine. I want you to understand what this man said. And I quote Not all men are created with similar destiny, but eternal life is foreordained for some and eternal damnation for others. Every man, therefore, being created one or the other of these ends, we say, this is Calvin speaking. He is predestined either to life or to death, end of quote. So Calvinism teaches that it is God's own choice that some people are to be damned forever. He never intended to save them. He foreordained them to go to hell. And when he offers salvation in the Bible, that he does not offer to those who are foreordained to be damned. Folks, it is offered only to those who are foreordained to be saved. This is what Calvin said. Wow, what a heretic. What a false doctrine. This teaching insists that we need not try to win men to Christ because men cannot be saved unless God has planned for them to be saved. And if God has planned for them to be eternally lost, they will not come to Christ. Folks, there is the Bible doctrine of God's foreknowledge, predestination, and election. I agree with that. We, we, the Bible teaches that God does talk about foreknowledge, predestination, and election. Most knowledgeable Christians agree that God has His controlling hand on the affairs of man. They agree that according to the Bible, He selects individuals like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, as instruments to do certain things He has planned. Most Christians even agree that God may choose a nation, particularly that He did choose Israel through which he gave the law the prophets and eventually through whom the savior himself would come and that there is a bible doctrine that god foreknows all things that's all true and i've often said did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to god because god in his foreknowledge knows who will trust christ jesus as savior and he has predestined to see that they are justified and glorified. He will keep all those who trust him and see that they are glorified. But the doctrine that God elected some men to go to hell, that they were born to be damned by God's own choice, is a radical heresy not taught anywhere in the King James Bible. Nowhere. I have, folks, a booklet. I've studied it myself. It's by Dr. Curtis Hudson, entitled Tulip, T-U-L-I-P and actually was written before that by Vic Lockman, And in that book, Mr. Lockman attempted to prove the five points of Calvinism. But under the point unconditional election, he quotes Ephesians 1, 4, but he only quotes the first part of the verse. He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. However, it's not the end of the verse. Mr. Lockman, like most Calvinists, stopped in the middle of the verse. The entire verse reads according and I quote according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love the verse says nothing about being chosen for heaven or hell and it says we are chosen that we should be holy and without blame before him in love So under the same point unconditional election, Mr. Lockman, also a Calvinist quotes John 15:16. Listen to this. He's misinterpreting the scripture. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. He's selectively pulling text out. Again, Mr. Lockman, like most Calvinists, stops in the middle of the verse. The entire verse reads, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. The verse says nothing about being chosen for heaven or hell. It says that we are chosen to go and bring forth fruit, which simply means that every Christian is chosen to be a soul winner. A soul winner. Christian, do you know how to win souls? Preachers, are you teaching your people how to win souls to faith in Jesus? Proverbs 11.30. You see, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Proverbs eleven thirty 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Nowhere does the Bible teach that God wills for some people to go to heaven, and he wills for others to go to hell. That's not in the Scripture. That is not in the Bible, folks. No. The Bible teaches that God would have all men to be saved. Second Peter three nine says that he is not willing that any should come that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. First Timothy two four, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Those who teach that God would only have some to be saved, while he would have others to be lost are misrepresenting God and the Bible. Does God really predestine some people to be saved and predestine some to go to hell so that they have no free choice? Absolutely not. No. Nobody is predestined to be saved except those he chooses of his own free will to come to Christ and trust him for salvation. And no one is predestined to go to hell except as he chooses of his own free will to reject Christ and refuses to trust Christ as Savior. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Nothing could be plainer. The person who goes to heaven goes because they come to Jesus of their own free will and trust him as Savior. And the man who goes to hell does not because he refuses to come to Christ and trust him as Savior. If you're listening to me today and you're you you don't know for sure you're going to heaven and you've heard the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he shed his blood in your place, that he was buried and resurrected the third day according to the scriptures, and you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, you have no hope of heaven. And when you line your life up against the Ten Commandments, you violate all of them. Friend, you have nothing. The Ten Commandments teach you you need a Savior. Galatians 3 26. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified through him. If you're not saved and you want to be saved, follow me in this simple prayer. Mean it from the sincerity of your heart. God knows if you're sincere or not, and that's all that matters. Human beings don't, but God does. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm depending upon you and you alone to take me to heaven. Now, if you've done that, the Bible teaches that you've been born again of the Spirit. You've experienced the second birth, like Nicodemus did in John chapter 3. Write to me and we'll get you some literature because you're a new Christian now. And I've got some basic literature that I'll be glad to send you free if you write me at drdave13 at gmail.com. Dr. Dave one at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to get that to you. And you begin to live a Christian life and then get into church. Find a church home. J city church. If you're in the Johnston city area or around close J city church, Sunday mornings, nine 30 and 10 30. Come and be with us. We'll help you. Okay. Come and be with us. So recognize the fact that God wants you to be saved and whosoever will can come and be saved. So nothing could be plainer from what we're preaching about this morning. We are folks, we are exposing the false doctrine of Calvinism. It is a heresy. It is wrong. And nothing could be plainer than a man who goes to heaven goes because he comes to Christ and trusts him as Savior. And a man who goes to hell does because he refuses to come to Jesus and trust him as his personal Savior. <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot of time left. But I do want you to know this, and I'm going to pick this up maybe in another week, okay? We've only looked at two points this morning. There's, I disagree. The title of today's message is Why I Disagree with All Five Points of Calvinism. And we've looked this morning, and let the Bible blow a hole in this false teaching. We looked at the first point, total inability. That's what Calvin taught. Mankind's total depravity, not total inability, if you want to come to Jesus, you can. And the second point is unconditional election. Calvin said God has elected some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. That's false. Repeatedly, God says in the Scripture, whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. So, folks, don't be caught up in this. If you want to be saved, you can be. You tell people how to be saved. Calvinism is an excuse for not winning souls to Jesus Christ. It's an excuse. And preacher, if you're preaching it, you'll stand before the Lord one day and give an account for representing falsely and misinterpreting the scripture and preaching false doctrine to people and misleading them. Now, God wants you to be saved and God wants you to be in the house of God. Folks, this is the Good Tidings radio broadcast. And it comes from Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, where the world has good tidings proclaimed to it by the angel that Jesus is going to be virgin born and he's coming into the world. Folks, that's good tidings. Jesus, he loves you. He listens to your prayers. He'll bless you. He'll revive you. Church, you need revival. Get your heart right with God. Confess sin. Come back to God. Let him cleanse you from all unrighteousness and get back to obeying the word of God and obeying Jesus. And God will restore you. He'll revive you. He'll put your feet back on the solid rock. He'll get your, give you an ambition. He'll give you a job to do in this world, keeping people from hell, going to, to uh, share the gospel with them. Please make sure you do that, folks. Church are you winning souls folks listen if your church doesn't win souls and your preacher doesn't preach against sin and preach heaven and hell and all the ver- all the topics of the bible Get out of there and go to a church that does. Your spiritual health is more important than staying somewhere where you are placated, you're patted on the head. You need the Bible. And so do I preached and taught to us because it's the preaching of the word of God that God has chose to use to bring men to repentance and to call Christians to a walk with Jesus that would glorify him. Thank God for preachers and churches that love the preaching and the teaching of the Bible without apology. folks, an old-fashioned Bible-believing pastor, preacher, evangelist, Sunday school teacher, Christian mother and father. That's what you need in your life. Just obey the Scripture and let God bless you. This has been the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast, and we are so grateful that you've tuned in with us today. Listen, If the Lord willing, we'll be back with you again next week. I do want you to pray for Dorinda and Brett and I. Dorinda and I will be headed to Buffalo, New York on October the 6th. That's uh, this coming Thursday. Pray for us. So we'll be gone the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th. And I think we'll be back, Lord willing, on the 11th. But we're going to Buffalo, New York to see our son, Brett Pinkerton, who works for the Veterans Administration up there. And we're looking forward to seeing seeing him and having a good time of fellowship with our family. Okay, so pray for us as we'll pray for you. But be found faithful to Christ, faithful to the church. Get involved. Go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Get involved. Get to church every time the doors are open. And let God bless you. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. Jesus is coming again. He loves you. Keep looking up. Jesus is all you need.